the Brander Podcast. Hey there guys, Scott Lancaster here from Brander. I hope you're well, healthy and safe. In today's episode, we're going to be speaking to Yusuf and Johnny from Propane Fitness. Both incredibly intelligent and switched on guys. I really had a blast with them during our conversation. We cover a number of really interesting topics, including entrepreneurship, finance, and also the fitness industry during COVID and all the challenging times that we're all currently facing across the world. So yeah, really excited for you to enjoy this episode. And if you need any help in regards to your branding, or marketing or building your business or personal brand, feel free to check out wearebranded.com. We have lots of free resources on there, acceleration programs and other incredible things that will be extremely helpful to you. So please check it out. But apart from that, enjoy the episode. Yeah, we're just talking about how how literally in China the lockdown was essentially you do not see a single person if you're in lockdown, apart from the people in your household. Not a single person was even walking the street. It was mental. What What are the cases like now? like what's it what's it like now it is literally it's, it's quite normal here to be honest with you like the gyms were open and stuff and you know like like I, i'm training in jujitsu so we've been sort of rolling around with each other which you can't really get any sort of closer contact than that really you know so it's pretty mm-hmm. much back to normal we had one case um a couple of weeks ago but it just kind of got shut down and then china man they, they literally do not take any shit they don't mess around do they <laughs> I feel like in the, the UK has just been like one one toe in the water the whole time, and now we're sort of still That's in this it. semi like no one's really sure. That's it, man. Yeah. I was listening to. I'd love to hear your your feedback on this. I know I've got other things that I want to chat to you guys about, obviously, but like with the whole Boris Johnson thing, obviously I haven't been in the UK and sort of getting the full wind of it. But like with within China, it was basically right: stay in your house. That's it. Like you can go out for food. You can go out for food every three days, and that's it. That's all you do. And there was no, like, like me being a Westerner, I was like, this is fucking bullshit. I was literally, I was literally like cursing to my girlfriend. I was like, this is bullshit. Like, why can't we just go out? Like, it can't be that bad. And then she's like, no, seriously, Scott, we need to stay inside. Like, you don't have a choice. And then when I heard sort of the UK's um, communications, basically, that was it was just completely different. It was like, well, you, you can do this, but only if you're this age. And it was just like so confusing. There was so many different versions. I'm not surprised that people got confused and frustrated though. You know what I mean? What, what about from you? Were you your watching some of, of the, um, some of the Boris's broadcasts as well? <laughs> like one or two and I just got frustrated. Yeah. And shut off. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, exactly this. Yeah. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. It was just like, okay, don't leave the house, but do if you're going to work, but not if you work at home and, and make sure. And it was just so many conflicting constraints that, yeah, I think people were just like, oh, fuck it. Like, we'll just do whatever. Yeah. What about you, some some people think it's like, funny. some people think it's deliberately confusing, don't they? I, th- I think that, I, like, my, my view on it is just that it's, no one really knows what they're doing and everyone's like trying their best. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like, and, and you know, cause there's no, there's no like rule book, is there? There's no like, oh, well this happened two years ago. We did this and it worked. It's yeah. it maybe happened what, like a hundred years ago to this degree or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. um so I don't know. I think it must be difficult from the, from the government's perspective cause they, they say something well, and then there's, there's like an adherence rate to that as well. So it's yeah. like, whatever they say, it's there's not going to be a hundred percent adherence to whatever the rule is. So they've got to factor that in yeah. whenever they're setting guidelines. So it must be different. I, I don't. I, I do not envy being anyone in the government right now. Yeah. I think it must be be very difficult to to manage. Well, let let's face it. Like if like 
politicians don't exactly have the best, you know, the, the best job in the world anyway when it comes to, you know, public relations. And to yeah. literally say, right, okay, today, today, guys, we need to tell the entire nation that you need to stay in your house and basically just be bored for fucking, until, until we say so. No one wants to be that yeah. asshole, right? So to be fair, fair play to Boris Factory step, but like obviously he needs to do it anyway, but it's nuts, <laughs> man. It's, 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 it's yeah. a crazy, crazy situation, but I feel, I feel like, and this is my sort of, and I'm sure you guys are the same being in business, there's always a silver lining. I feel like we're going to come out of it stronger. Well, a lot of us are going to come out of it stronger to the case that obviously I know that you have a, you know, a sort of a, I mean, you guys are both very, very heavily into fitness anyway. I'm not as heavily into fitness as you guys. I like working out, but I was even going crazy because I hadn't been to the gym in like two months. And I was, I was going so mental to the point. My bathroom is about, my bathroom in my old apartment in Beijing where I was is about a meter and a half by a meter and a half. So really, really small, the accommodation, right? I was doing a workout in my bathroom with the shower on to try and to try and kill as much sweat as possible just so I could try and like lose a little bit of weight because man, I, I was, I, I was looking a little bit tubby. I'm not going to lie. I bur- I've luckily burned it off now, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it's bad. Could hardly Step count on, on Apple health, just going to like a hundred a day or something, just walk into the bathroom and back. There'll <laughs> <laughs> be no yeah. floor left. There'll literally be no yeah. floor left. <laughs> One thing I wanted yeah, to chat to you guys about, so, sorry, Johnny, what were you going to say? No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to get into, because obviously I, I, I think I spoke to, to Yusuf very, very briefly on a Facebook comment years ago about, um, about Ramadan, I believe. And I also sort of was supposed to connect with you, Johnny, probably about two years ago when we sort of crossed paths in the gym. And uh, obviously, you know, good things come to those who wait. I was, it was one of those things where I really wanted to kind of find out how you guys transitioned from what you were doing, because obviously Yusuf, you're, you know, you're in the medical you're industry, you, you know, Johnny, you're kind of like, have a background of powerlifting. How did you guys sort of merge together and come together to create, you know, propane fitness? Like how, how did you kind of, how did you kind of come together to do it? Sure. So are we, are we rolling straight into this podcast, by the way? Oh man, literally as casual as you like. We have been going oh. for the last 10 minutes. We are in. Oh wow, okay. I'm going to have to look back all the, all the offensive racist stuff that I was just saying. Um, so yeah, the, this was actually, so all the propane stuff kind of preceded um, the the other things. It was like almost like we, Johnny and I had kind of our parallel lives, which were the family expectations of going to, work in a corporate job like a like a good boy and doing all the kind of um stuff that's expected of you and propane was just really a sounding board for our ideas just in blog form and it wasn't intended as a business it was really just like a a project of like getting frustrated at the the conflicting information we were talking about conflicting guidelines before the same thing exists in fitness where you just can't get well at least 10 years ago you just couldn't get a clear answer online of like how do I gain muscle? How do I lose fat? So we just thought, well, let's just create a blog to, um, to have a, as a sounding board really for our, for our thoughts over time. The, the landscape was quite different as you know, back then in terms of, um, ranking on Google, we were ending up ranking on Google, like on the first page for like hypertrophy and stuff like that. So, um, we started to get a few, uh, inquiries and, as a result, we just started to think, well, actually, maybe this is something we need to systematize and, and actually turn into a into an offer. 
made a whole bunch of mistakes, which we can talk about um, as well. But it did hit a turning point where we were like, actually, this is starting to be more lucrative and a better lifestyle than the corporate jobs that we were working. So we kind of transitioned and, and uh, Johnny's gone full time, quit his corporate job. So did I. I went to do a little medical degree in between. And, um, and that's where we are now. How did you find it in your point of view? Because obviously, I mean, you guys um, synergize really well in lots of different ways, but also like, obviously, you know, you guys have been sort of coming at it from two different, uh, obviously you, you didn't have the whole medical degree side of things, but I'm sure you had your own challenges, your own stuff going on. So how did you find it? Sure. Yeah. So um, I guess like Yusuf and I met at school in the gym. So, well, I mean, we didn't, I'm sure we met outside of the gym first, but that was, that was kind of where we started, uh, like chatting to each other and became, became good friends. Um, yeah. and the, the fitness interests always been there, like st still is, it's still something that we, we talk about between us. We still obviously coach clients and offer fitness products. Um, but I think the, the, the realization of actually like, so I was working as an accountant. So went went to uni, like like went to school did the a levels i was supposed to do went to uni did the great degree i was supposed to do got the job i was supposed to get um and the you sort of get into that sign the contract first day and you're like ah oh, is this is this just it is it just this room and th this is what everyone does for 40 50 years of their life and everyone's like yeah, yep that's what like welcome welcome to the working world you know like no like that doesn't it's just because it's like what you've learned to deal with doesn't mean that it's the has to be the thing that everybody has to just endure. So yeah, at, behind the scenes, there was this like propane was sort of slowly getting like little glimmers of, of traction as he sort of says, like we were actually making sales online and things like that. Um, and it did reach this point where it was, you know, I, I basically exited this period in my contract where I could leave if I wanted to. So I'd got my qualification. I'd finished like the training uh, phase of it. Um, and literally on the first day that I was able to, like le legally, um, I, I had my notice in. Um, and that was four, nearly five years ago. So yeah. um, it's been pretty good. Like so since then, obviously, uh, you kind of think, ah, oh, online business, how hard can that be? Um, and then you realize, like, oh, shit, like, there's, there's a lot to this, um, which I suppose is, is, is led us to the second thing that we offer and do now, which is kind of helping people do the same thing. Because there's, there's a lot of like really qualified people in the fitness industry who just cannot figure out the online thing. And it, it took us 10 years. So I suppose we just say, well, you know, I know what you're about to do. I know you're about to spend a year doing that. Trust me. Don't bother. Do, the, do this instead. So that's kind of, that's what we do now, really. Both of those two things. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the video. My name is Scott Lancaster, the founder of Brander and Clementine House Branding Agency. I just want to say thank you so, so, so much for supporting the Brander YouTube channel. We're literally growing so, so fast and it's all down to you guys. If you haven't already, make sure you go over to www.wearebranded.com as there's absolutely tons of free brand building resources for you to enjoy. So yeah, just check those out and enjoy the rest of the video. Really, really interesting question, actually, because I mean, I've, I think I think anyone who I feel like a lot of people who actually start their own business can really relate to this. But did you guys ever feel like you were kind of like 
like you just didn't fit into that world, like that corporate world. Like you just you just constantly felt like a like an outcast, or is it just me? Like I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like is that something that you guys kind of felt as well? Like you step into this world that you know, which everyone thinks is this this perfect bubble where yeah, you've got a nice stable job, and you know you can have a house, and you know two point three kids, and all that sort of carry on. But at, at no point, kind of throughout my sort of experience of of actually working in various jobs because I would never actually hold a job down because I was the worst employee in the entire world like did you did you ever actually feel like comfortable ever uh, I think that's a really good question and Johnny and I have talked about this where we actually we just came to the conclusion that people who can tolerate <clears throat> a kind of that that description that you've that you've just gone through are actually more imaginative and more mentally flexible than we are because they're able to suspend reality and completely change the, the, the constraints to be like, this is the, this is the framework that I'm operating in now. And I'm not going to question anything outside of it. And I'm just going to get on with it and do the, and, and it's like, I think the the thing that drove us to quit was, was not so much the pull of propane, but it was more just the, um, the pain of, of, of not being able to, to fit our, our heads into that mindset. Um, and for me, it was, it was actually looking at my boss and thinking, this guy is 10 years, my senior. And if I work hard for 10 years doing this, I'm going to be in his position and he's <laughs> miserable. So why, like, so if you just kind of extrapolate, I was like, well, I have to make a change in the, in the trajectory. Otherwise, like I know exactly where I'm going and I'll be on maybe 20 grand more but still miserable, still in the same room, just telling the equivalent of me what to do. And, it, you know, so, so actually for us, it was more of a, um, a just a, a rumbling sense of pain of like, we need to do something about this. What about you, Johnny? Yeah. The, the, um, the same thing that you have just said, so I could, the, where I worked, I could see like literally in the same room, people who'd been there for 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, 30 years, I guess. Um, yeah. and the, the default was just complaining generally, like you go to a social, you go to like Friday night beers after work and all everybody does is just complain about what they, what they spend all their life doing. Um, so I, 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 I think the way it felt at the time for, for both of us was that because we had this other thing, so I suppose like mo most people they, they enter that situation and it's like, well, this is what I've sort of pointed my entire life at. So if I leave, then that feels a little bit like maybe a, a bit of a silly idea. We had this other thing that we could, we were sort of seeing progress with. And I think probably it was the combination of those two things that caused us to leave. I'm not sure. I like to think I would have done, but I'm not sure if I'd been sat there in 2016 with nothing else, whether I'd have quit and just gone, God, I hope I figure something out. Um, so I think it was the, having the option of like, actually, you know, the business is generating more than our salary in like evenings and weekends. And it's fun, um, and like you do things, and like you get really excited about it, and you you work on something, and you feel this sense of like, wow, we we made that from zero. Versus, as you sort of says, like just suspending reality and kind of playing this game that exists on spreadsheets and word documents, and not really sure what it impacts or whether it impacts anything. Um, so yeah, I definitely did feel this sense of I didn't have very many people that I worked with that I could like have this conversation with. Like, don't, don't you think this is all a bit pointless? Cause everybody else is like, no, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's pointless. This is really important work. 
It's like, well, I don't really agree with you, but okay. Like, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just maybe agree to disagree. going down as well. Jesus. Yeah, it's yeah. Been, uh, colourful. Colourful, colourful conversation. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think, I mean, uh, what, what, something that you just said actually about, you know, them sort of suspending reality and something, something that I get all the time, right? When I have a conversation with someone and they say, oh, what do you do? And I'm sure you guys get it as well. And, they'll, and, and I say, oh, like, uh, I, run, I run a business, I do this, I do that. And they're like, oh, you're so lucky you get to do what you want whenever you want. But on the other side of the spectrum as well, at least for me, Sometimes like, you know, when I've got clients coming out of my ears and, you know, I need to do this before this date and stuff, I'm kind of like, sometimes it might just be nice to have a 905, just, just, just for one week, you know, just to get a little bit of sleep. <laughs> this yeah. is a really good point. Cause um, what, one of the things that I had to really reconcile leaving an investment bank um, was that there's actually four currencies that we operate on. And I think a lot of people, select a career and optimize for one of those currencies like money. Whereas really we're operating across money, freedom of time, freedom of location and satisfaction. And you said there that people say you're lucky because they only see what they're, they see what they are kind of most bottlenecked by, which is freedom of time and saying, Oh, you, you have freedom of time or freedom of location being in Shanghai. But at the same time, the, running your own business loses a lot of the security that you talked about, like having a, a, just knowing that you can turn up, get your salary, no matter what happens, as long as you don't kill anyone, you'd be okay. Um, whereas, and, and that is really what keeps people comfortable and keeps them in the job. Like even if it's really uh, unpleasant in many other ways, if it provides security, then there's very little incentive to make a change. Um, I'm actually seeing this more than corporate in medicine. And this is because like this year, people have all lost their jobs. And you, anyone who's in a semi-creative industry has just been completely sacked off. And um, whereas there wasn't even the sniff of a worry of losing your job as a doctor, because it's just like, if the apocalypse happens, you'll still need doctors. So as a result, that creates a mindset in people who work in healthcare of like, well, this is, this is so secure that if I go into anything that's any less secure, it's like, oh, this is a leap into the unknown. Yeah. This is something that you mentioned there about those, those sort of four pillars, so to speak. I'd be really interested to know if you had to choose one. So you might have to remind me, you said freedom of time, freedom of location, Freedom of sort of finances and what what was the other one again, Yusuf? Which one did you mention? What oh, satisfaction, but actually satisfaction. Um, security could come into that as well. Yeah. So even even if you had to choose out of those three, then so location, um, time, and money, which one would you guys choose out of those three if you had to choose one? Johnny, I've, I've been hot potatoed here. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's all right. It's all right. I'll I'll, I'll answer. Um, so I think it would be time um just i guess the like the very cliched thing that it is is the only thing that you have that is like truly finite um so i spent a lot of time uh in the corporate world kind of doing things that i felt like well you know i could have i could have really finished at midday here and gone home and and been able to spend that time in other ways um so probably that but I, i think the to sort of circumvent the question um 
time and and money and location all kind of become less relevant if you have a lot of satisfaction in what you do because i i know a lot of people who i think everyone kind of bangs the, the entrepreneurial drum and everyone should quit their job and all that sort of stuff but i do know people who work what i would consider to be fairly mundane jobs um but they're really good at it and they get really well you know they're rewarded very highly for it and uh, they have a lot of autonomy in what they do and they wouldn't quit in a you know they wouldn't even consider quitting um, because they're considered to be one of the like the high performers in in their circle so so probably satisfaction can almost make the others less relevant because you've got you've got to spend your time doing something um you've got to earn money from somewhere if you want to kind of operate in the the real world um so and you've got to be at somewhere to do it so those things kind of become less relevant with satisfaction, but I think I would pick, I would pick time just because it's the thing that you, you don't get back ultimately. Yeah. That was a very, very good answer. Yusuf, now that you've had a little bit of time yeah, to about your answer. And, and that's, that's a good point as well, that like, if you're like the, the people rag on the, like, Oh, if you're an employee, you're a slave kind of thing. But actually like there are people who are masters of their craft and they, they work in an employee structure, but actually um, that they, they're compensated so well for it and they're, they're at the top of their game. And so I think it's, it's horses for courses, isn't it? But um, yeah, I'm going to probably circumvent the question as well, which is that money and time I see as equivalent. Like you can buy, well, you, you can buy time with money. You can't buy money with time. Well, no, no sorry. You can, you can do both. Oh, of course, but, but you can only, um, you can only buy money with time in a very kind of linear way, unless you do something leveraged. So if you have a large amount of either, you can generate the other. Yeah, but it's, the question is really, so the question is how much money, because you can't scale time, you can't stack time. You can only take the current time that you have, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not something you can save up. So if you have enough money, then you can just retire and then you've bought the time as well. So I suppose it's, um, <clears throat> I suppose what your question is, is um, a job which provides you a decent income, but not enough to retire in which case I would choose the time. Yeah. Does that make sense? sense. <laughs> probably, probably finish you right. Yeah, man. It was, it was, it was literally like the, when an answer, when answers are far better than what you actually expected, it can only go one way. So I really appreciate you guys putting in so much thought. Um, <laughs> to kind of, to kind of run it back, uh, back to the fitness industry, because obviously that's where you guys have been sort of playing for so long. How do you think the COVID situation is going to affect the fitness industry? And also to kind of piggyback on top of that, obviously with you guys having so much experience and authority in the online fitness space, do you think it's going to play to your advantage? So I think the, um, the so I suppose there's two, two kind of sides of it. One of those like the supply side and the demand side. So I think the, for, for consumers, for fitness consumers, I think it just makes people it's made everybody question things that they were perhaps doing by default. So like the standard example is uh, somebody has a expensive, like David Lloyd membership um, that costs them a couple hundred quid a month and they go two, three days a week and use the treadmill and sit in the sauna and then come home again. And, you know, suddenly they can't go for a couple of months. So they look at it and think, right, well, I'm going to buy a Peloton bike or a treadmill and I'll just save on the, gym membership um, and the, the same thing with PTs uh, or people who use a PT a personal trainer or like an exercise class those people have had to look for alternatives that they would never have previously had to do that before um, so we have had inquiries from people who literally just said I cannot see my PT 
like maybe they're furloughed by the gym or something like that, something contractually that means they can't offer an online service. I'm looking for an alternative. So, you know, people are very, when it comes to like health and fitness, a lot of people are very much in a rhythm and they, you know, they just, I just, this is what I do. And it's kind of, they operate that way. And suddenly everything has just been this big garage door come down and everyone's got to like, oh, what do I do now? So that, I suppose, depending on your position in the fitness industry and how flexible you are from the supply side, it depend kind of exposes your weaknesses, I suppose. And um, the people who've, who've just like sailed through it are the offline PTs who just have an online offering or the gyms who've just taken everything online, you know, it, and the people who have very high overheads and are very inflexible in their business model or in their, the way that they think about things. Um, are, are, frankly, that they will just suffer like, like any industry when there's like a big shock. So we get a ton of things on like our ads, for example, of PT saying like, oh, online's the never going to match offline coaching and um, it doesn't work and this is a scam. And it's like, well, uh, that may be the case, but go, go on, you sir. That, that reminds me of um, someone dug up a, a few like terrible predictions about the internet back in like 1995, 1996. And it, it was saying things like the internet is going to hit this like supernova um, level in the next year and then it's going to crash catastrophically and no no teacher will ever be replaced by a cd-rom and no book will ever be replaced by um a website and no you know and uh it, you can just see like every one of these predictions you're like wrong 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 and it just comes down to what you said of like it's... people wanting to kind of dig their heels in and say oh no like i'm gonna stick with what i'm doing it's like you can do that but you're taking a gamble there it's the, it's the taxi drivers who criticized Uber when it was launched. You know, oh, that'll never catch on. It's that, it's the same kind of mentality. And so the, like those people who like, you know, refuse to accept the reality of the situation, refuse to go online because they think it's a, a, a bad service or a con or whatever, like the, the, the narrative they have, they like attached to it in their mind, um, will just get forced out of the industry, I suppose. Um, cause it, I suppose that the reality of online is, it's cheaper to operate, it's cheaper for the consumer, it's more flexible for the business owner and the consumer, and it can deliver, like it's not the same service, it's not the same like in-person checking someone's squat depth, but it is the same service in terms of an outcome. Like if I wanna lose weight, can an online personal trainer help me do that? Yes, they can. So why would I pay more and have to go somewhere, be there for a certain period of time that maybe doesn't fit my schedule? So uh, would, would it, is it, does it serve to our advantage? Like maybe, I suppose. Um, but I think it's a, you know, it's an open market, really. Anybody who's kind of willing to do it properly can enter it. I think the people who think that online coaching is like doing an Instagram live on, you know, once a, once a day for free, those people certainly are. Like, we'll certainly beat those people. Um, but people who do it properly, like, you know, it's it's anyone's market, really. The market's so large that anybody can, can like, work with no, enough people. Um, it's a very long-winded answer, but hopefully, hopefully that answers your question. Anything to anything to to add? Anything to enrich that uh, that answer with you, sir? No, I think Johnny's nailed it there. Like, it's it's simply that um, in a lockdown situation where suddenly your catchment area has narrowed, <clears throat> if you're working offline, you have you have a choice of either you just try and like squeeze out the final pennies that you can, or you say. I'm going to delimit that locational constraint and work online. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense, man. One of the things as well, which, uh, which I kind of wanted to 
commend you guys for is your I don't know who writes your copy for your advertise for your adverts, but uh, the actual copy above it. I, I read I read this. Is this is this Johnny's uh, masterful work? Is it? Yeah, man. And as well, I've just been doing a little bit of um, a little bit of sort of research on your Facebook as well. And you actually posted something really, really random. I know with a, a monkey or something. It was like a picture of a monkey sticking his tongue out or something. And it had very similar copy above it. So I was like, I recognize that style of copy from, a, from, from an advert that I saw from your company, probably like a year and a half ago, literally. So from what, have, you, have you like studied copywriting? Have you sort of like read into it? Or is that just something that comes like naturally to you? Hello guys, thank you so much for watching this content. It means the world to us. If you want more content like this, then feel free to subscribe. But also, if you're interested in actually building a brand of your own and starting a business on the right foot, feel free to go to wearebranded.com where you'll find tons of free information and actionable advice. We look forward to seeing you there.